Hi, my name is Linda. And my name is Dennis. Welcome to the Next Gen Business Podcast. Let's go. The Next Gen Business Podcast is produced by the Small Business Community Network. Visit them online at www.sbcncanada.org. So, Dennis, we have the most awesome guest on tonight, and I am being a bit naughty because I stole him all the way from Seattle for a podcast the other night, and then he very kindly decided, yes, I'll I'll try it again <laughs> for the Next Gen podcast. So I'd like to introduce Kevin Marcus Miller, who um, is an established business owner, fantastic at marketing, but I'm sure he'll want to share a little bit of his story about being a, would you believe, 10-time cardiac survivor. That's the right words, isn't it? So, Dennis, welcome back again. Thank you for putting up with me for a second time. Um, I think you're the most amazing person I've ever met, and that means a lot because I've met some amazing people. (laughs) It's great to welcome you to the show, uh, to the Next Gen Business Podcast, Kevin. What a great story you have. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. So first of all, you guys' dynamic is cool. <laughs> I just need to say that right off the bat because, yeah, this is, this is a vibe. So I'm, I'm going to hang back, put my hair down a little bit. Just I'm, I'm going to be fully present. How are you both doing today? Pretty good. Pretty good. No, I'm going to I'm going to be very demotivational and say I had a terrible morning dealing with the bank. I'm not going to go into it, Kevin, but you might see me writing about it on one of my blogs. But more, more importantly, um, obviously, this is the first time that Dennis has met you. Um, so basically, you know, you did have a lot of cardiac arrest, but you went on to be very successful. Did you want to just touch on that first before you give us some marketing tips and things? A lot of people um, have kind of a wake up moment in their life, right, where things kind of change. There's an evolution in the way that they process information. They're more self-aware, right? Um, I would say that what happened to me wasn't necessarily a wake up call, but more of an opportunity. And that's kind of the way I chose to look at it because unfortunately there isn't anybody who survived as many cardiac arrests as I have and also been successful at the level I'm at in marketing at least. Um, so the, 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 what happened, I'll take you all the way back 2019. I'm working at Microsoft at the time in the marketing department. So I'm, you know, getting my wings on, you know, trying to figure it out a little bit, but I'm stressed out of my mind. (laughs) I am stressed out of my mind. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go play some basketball. That's what I like to do to relieve stress. Normal day, August 1st, 2019. Coming up the court, about three minutes in the game, you know, I'm doing fine. And then out of nowhere, my heart actually completely stopped and I had a cardiac arrest and, um, I was in a coma and induced coma for three days. Mm-hmm. And so, I, it, you know, I, it's hard even when I say it, like it doesn't feel like it happened to me. You know what I mean? And um, there was no, the, the weird thing about it, man, there was no markers. There was no genetic this or, you know, pre-warning or nothing like that at all. So there's no diagnosis of why this happened. And my very first thought I remember when I woke up three days later was I almost won. 
I almost won this game of life because in the game of life, we actually are searching all for the same thing, which is fulfillment. And I didn't quite find it. I was thought I would find it by having a successful job at Microsoft. I thought I would find it doing this or that, you know, but it, I didn't quite get it. I didn't quite get it. I had a lot of the success part, but I didn't have the fulfillment part. And, um, that's why I decided I'm going to just go all the way in, all the way in, completely remove my risk tolerance because, well, what's the worst that can happen now? Right. So that, that basically gave me permission to go all the way and to try and to fail all the way. And so my first move was, okay, let me go get, you know, another gig at Microsoft because <laughs> remember I'm still unemployed at the time. <laughs> let me go get another gig part-time independent contractor. And, um, I worked there until probably about January, 2020. And then I was like, I'm out peace. And, um, man, that whole process was like, it really taught me the importance of moving with execution, um, in a way that allows you to inspire others at the same time. And so that process inspired my entire family to then start their own businesses. It's a great story, but, uh, I'm curious though, Kevin, what was the time period between, um, your recovery after this cardiac arrest and you moving to start your own business? Uh, how long did that take that process? That was August 1st, 2019. And then I left Microsoft January 22nd, 2020. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And at this stage, were you in the all clear or were there still issues with your health? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I would say I was so in the not clear. Um, I remember when I went back about two months. So this is October. Yeah. I remember going into the bathroom. I've actually never told this story publicly. Um, yeah, I went in the bathroom, y'all, and and um, I wasn't sure if uh, I was going to make it that day. That, that was a hard day. That was a really hard day because I hadn't yet experienced um, – a cardiac arrest um, with my device now. I had a defibrillator. So I have a defibrillator in my body that shocks me back. And I hadn't really experienced that. So I didn't I didn't know if I was going into cardiac arrest. It was also new. And I think what was happening in the bathroom was I was having a minor episode. So I was I didn't get shocked, but uh, my heart my heart definitely was not working correctly while I was at work in front of people. Right. So I remember going to the bathroom, freaking out, you know, just not, not sure I was going to make it. Didn't really want to keep going because it just was hard at a level that I never experienced before. And, um, I just decided, you know what, if I make it out of this, it's going to be one hell of a story. <laughs> and you became, um, you became a public figure, right? It, it seems to me like you jumped from, almost dying, you know, leaving us. And then you became a public figure. So was it a fast race to the top? I mean, um, I look at, you know, everything you do virtually online that I can see virtually. I've not met you in real life, but I'd love to. And I just wonder how you did it. Did you put you put all your fears behind you? I understand that. But how did you build such success? 
So the first thing is 2015 was my first or 2016. That was my very first bit of success. So I was in a movie called Almost Christmas with Gabrielle Union and uh, Donald Glover. And so I was in that movie on the soundtrack. And so that was my very first taste of, okay, well, I'm in college. I have a lot of people that want my attention. I can do things. I understand like this is an amazing experience, but what am I going to do with this new power? Am I going to use it for my own selfish reasons or am I going to use it to inspire? Right. So I, I figured that that process taught me really how to market because really I was developing a personal brand. I just didn't know it yet. So that was the first iteration was, hey, I'm a songwriter. I'm in a movie. Boom. Then after that, what happened is, well, um, all the stuff with the Microsoft and the jobs, and I just kept growing up the ladder. And I also worked at a, you know, a tech startup before Microsoft. And so all of those experiences really gave me permission to, um, keep trying how to market and figuring out what does it mean to market? And then I realized that marketing is actually just the ability to influence. So that was the big wake up call to me. It was like, oh, I need to figure out how to influence people. And part of that is your demeanor. Right. So like controlling the room, understanding dynamics, body language, all of these things. So like, for example, we're all in a room right now. We're having a great time. Um, and then I can also make it serious. Right. So being able to do all those things online through copywriting. Oh, I'm good at social media. Oh, I see. I, I'm connecting the dots now. I'm understanding. So I just kept figuring out each layer. It's like an onion. I just kept peeling it back peeling it back. And then eventually by the time I left Microsoft, I had all those skills. What was the response of your your business community or your network when you were going through all of these, uh, first of all, these drastic health experiences and then these radical changes in how you saw the world? What was the response? So at first I had a lot of people that didn't like the radicalness of they felt like I was too intense because the very first time I decided to share the story was a whole year afterwards. Cause I wasn't in a place emotionally to share it yet. You know, I wasn't there. And so by the time I shared it, um, it scared a lot of people, honestly, Dennis, it scared a lot of people. They were freaked out. Yeah. Like people that known me my whole life, they're like, what, what that happened to you? I don't understand. So, um, that was the first response. And then, you know, actually when I had another cardiac arrest, this was 20 end of 2020. And this time, it, you know, I was hospitalized again. It was very intense, all these things, business momentum was going in the right direction, but then I had to restart over and I was, I was down to a place where I needed to actually ask for help. So I, I did a, you know, my friend, Sam, thank, really thankful for Sam. He made a um, Facebook GoFundMe for me and that, and that blew up. I got $12,000. So that, that was the response to answer your question. What was, what was people's response was, was, um, that actually shocked me. You know, I didn't think people would resonate with my story like that, especially people I had known when I was six or five years old. And I didn't think they were watching me like that, you know? That, that's an amazing answer. From from our perspective, 
Um, we, well, I've already learned a lot from you, Kevin, because I'm one of your fans now. But Dennis, from your perspective, because you're working towards even more voiceover work, aren't you, Dennis? So how do you think you can, um, you know, take what um, Kevin has said about, you know, being an influencer? How can you use that? How can you, do you think, use that for your business in the sense that how can you become an influencer, do you think, in, in your line of work, if you want to? Well, the thing that the overriding impression I get from talking to Kevin face-to-face and listening to his stories, one thing to actually read it, read about it online or, you know, in a, in a newspaper article, but when you actually hear Kevin talk about his experience face-to-face, the thing that comes out to me is courage, right? A real sense of just like going for it and not being afraid to to fail or look foolish or whatever, but just being really, really bold and courageous. And that's really the lesson, I think, for me, even at my age, it's something I can learn um, to be even more forthright and even more direct about what I want to do. And being courageous enough to know that I do have something to offer, that's what I get from um, from Kevin. You know, the, the sense that he really, that life-changing, life-altering experience really, it's like the veil was ripped off from your eyes and you can see what, what was really important. I think that's uh, that's a powerful lesson for me what what i stole from kevin and i told you i was going to steal it didn't i kevin was perfection is overrated is that why you said perfection is overrated because we all strive for perfection and i think sometimes it holds us back and i know that dennis has got so many opportunities out there waiting for him, but i've always thought dennis was too shy to shout from the rooftops but i bet you're going to tell everybody now dennis you know you're going to become just like kevin i I don't think I'm like either of you guys. I am really, really shy, but... You're bubbly, though. You are super bubbly, my friend. I, I wanted to ask, how did you guys meet anyway? How did uh, how did you hear about her? I, I reached out to her on LinkedIn, so I did. I practiced what I, I, practiced what I preach. <laughs> well, let's be, let's be more posh about this. Wasn't it your PR that reached out to me? <laughs> Correct. Correct. So one of the people that does outreach on my team. Exactly. So we, we always, <laughs> and so that's one of the goals, right? Is with marketing, you just got to do it, right? You, what's the worst he's going to say? No, that's okay. Well, actually, no, no, no. I told you this story before, Kevin, and and I'll tell uh, Dennis. A lot of people do ask to come on my shows. I have a, this one, obviously with you, Dennis, and I have three more. And so normally they say, this person wants to come on your show, but they don't tell me which one. And I always go, which one? And the PR was spot on. It was motivational moments, my long running one. I thought, why does this guy want to come on this? He looks pretty amazing. Yeah, I have him. He's amazing. And um, I just feel that we built a vibe and we, we, we didn't even see each other, did we, Kevin? It was like just the, the audio. And I felt the energy. I felt how he was in, Kevin was influencing me to be even better because I've taken a step back because of COVID, obviously, as a motivational speaker. And this is what I hope that 
um, Dennis, you would also see that, you know, anything's possible if we step out of our comfort zone. And I'm hoping you guys connect afterwards and get to know each other because this is what life's all about, not just business. But can I ask you another question, Kevin, please? <laughs> good, so are we. Um, marketing. Have you got a good analogy or a good explanation for people who really don't understand? What is marketing, you know? You guys ever see those corny open houses? <laughs> you go to an open house and it's like weird and the energy's up, right? So here, here's my analogy. Marketing is how people get to the open house. Sales is what happens the minute you open the door. Wow. And, and if you just look at it like that, then it's like, oh, marketing for a lot of people, you know, you have to figure out how to really just influence them to even want to go to the open house, whether it's the the size of the house or the people going to the open house, whatever the factors are, it's going to be different depending on who you're targeting. So most people, when they think about marketing, they overcomplicate it because what they're trying to do is look at all the factors and come up with some crazy formula when, when really you just got to look at it and go, oh, wait a minute. Okay, I'm trying to influence this person to come to my open house. They actually want a good deal. So give them a good deal. That's the, that should be the marketing for that person. If it's, you know, an affluent customer who has a lot of money and you tell them, hey, two for five, that's not going to work. <laughs> They're going to be like, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't want to be there. So that so that's where people go wrong is they just put on the wrong hat, you know. Mm. Um, what about uh, networking? Um, what do you think is the the one thing that most people don't get about networking that you wish they knew? Oh, this is a good one, Dennis. So I actually just had somebody on my podcast today, a new friend of mine. His name is Mike Barron, really great guy, um, sales closer, eight figure sales guy. Very impressive. And um, I love what he said today. He said, most people don't understand networking because they don't understand that you have to push power to power. And what that means is when you're networking with people, most people think they need to go after somebody that's way higher than them. And that's where the power imbalance is. But if you for example, you and I both have audiences. You and I both have experience, right? You're pushing power to another position of power. So people of similar status, that's where you need to start making your moves because then guess what's going to happen? Oh, meet Dennis. Oh, meet do this because you're pushing power to power instead of actually trying to grab a lifeline and, and hang on someone's coattails that you're never going to actually give value to anyway. That's a good answer. Then again, I'm always looking up, aren't I, Dennis, because I'm so small. And when Dennis and I meet each other at the networking events, I'm going, yeah, I'm pushing up. I'm trying to get to Dennis because I'm not quite five foot. You know, I'm tiny. And how tall are you, Dennis? Uh, six foot one. <laughs> yes, I'm always, I'm always pushing up. Um, I used to think like that, you know, um, Kevin, in my early days, I used to think that the people up there were, like, better than me and I couldn't approach them. But kind of thing, as I started getting my confidence, the really nice people who are not like, you know, think too much of themselves, they're always willing to talk to someone like me, which wows me out because I felt like I'm not there and they are. But then 
when you think about it, we're just building a relationship and we become friends eventually. So we're just humans, aren't we? Right. And also confidence too, like is definitely a skill set. It's not a personality trait. And that's where people go wrong. They think, oh, I'm not a confident person. Oh, no, 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 no. That That's just a limiting belief. Like you think I'm always confident and feel good. I mean, even today I was having a hard day uh, for about 15 minutes with my with my heart, but I didn't let that ruin my whole day. I still got on here, smiled, had a good time because that, that's what I want to do, right? And that's important to me. And I, I want to be confident and give the people what they want. And most people, what they're going to do is they're going to say, oh, I need to go to bed and I'm going to do this or because they don't they don't want to own the fact that they are in charge. Plus, many people have this sense that they they're imposters as well. And so they don't really belong. And so that also could be a limiting factor. You know, Kevin, we must we must be twins. We found this out when we were talking on the other place. The reason I'm saying this, um, Dennis, is because, you know, I mentioned the SBCM members and that's our other organisation, um, Kevin. One of my uh, members said, you know, the imposter syndrome and the way I see it, somebody has made this up so they can get money off you to talk you out of it and not us. But if you take off the word syndrome and then you work out what an imposter is and this particular member is doing really well in her business. And I said, so I went through the steps and she doesn't really feel like an imposter. She's heard it somewhere. So she's using it as a way to say, well, does that make any sense, Kevin? Yeah, exactly. I know exactly what you're saying. This is what people do when they they read too much content. So when they read content about other people's experiences, like, for example, someone might watch this and they're going to go, oh, I need to have something traumatic like what Kevin went through to get a jetpack. That's not what I said. (laughs) That's not what I said at all. I said, listen. That's just what tended to happen for my journey. I was already successful before that. So people want to spin the story to fit their narrative like, oh, he needed that to be successful. No, no, no. I was already in movies. I was already doing all these great things. It just gave me even more courage. Right? So I think people, you know, imposter syndrome is a perfect example. Another one I hear a lot is um, I need capital. I need an investor. Really? Why? What are they going to do? Are they going to run the day-to-day for you? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it amazing, Dennis? Dennis, um, so far, I think you're really kind of enthusiastic and wowed out by what this wonderful person is telling us. I know I am. So wh- next time I see you, I want to know exactly what you've done to jump out of your shell and say, I am Dennis. I am fantastic. You know? <laughs> and you get, because I think in your kind of business, Dennis, is it difficult for you to meet people who can influence you, let alone you influencing them? Would that be the right way to put it? No, I wouldn't say that um, because uh, um, I because I also do content writing. Um, I always I'm always meeting people who are doing things slightly different from me, and so um, I would say right now I'm in a good place in terms of interacting with a variety, a wide variety of people. Um, you know, and I also I'm lucky in the sense that I have connection through uh, the local community network the SBCN and then I also have I'm also a member of um, various international networks and so I, I got this um, very this 
clash of very interesting and different perspectives. And so I, I do get a lot of uh, um, kind of inspiration from that, uh, that kind of confluence of different, uh, different influences. I like that. Dennis, I'm curious too on the voiceover front because I had I remember I had a client probably four or five years ago when I first started I didn't know what I was doing that much <laughs> and um, I met him in LA and he was a voiceover guy and he built a big brand on Instagram and you know things like that. Do you see yourself as evolving outside of just doing voiceover work and becoming somebody that can get paid to influence your audience? Is that also the end goal as well or not really? That is the end. That's part of the end goal. Uh, yes. Uh, I do see myself um, with a slightly bigger mission uh, mission in, in my vision, right? Uh, not just, um, it's not just about sort of um, getting my voice out there. It's actually um, using it for, um, other, you know, like higher purposes or whatever, right? So I do have an ambition. I, I've always had a passion for teaching and um, communicating, that sort of thing, and also um, literary expression, uh, creative writing, that sort of thing. So all of these things, at one stage, I, I can see myself kind of combining everything and sort of just hitting the sweet spot where everything makes sense. <laughs> that sweet spot is a nice place, brother, because <laughs> the, the TV and film world, like my, I have about 70 songs on TV right now. So everything from Love and Hip Hop to MTV Catfish to um, SportsCenter, to, right? So one of the beautiful things about what you and I do in our passion side, side things is that People might find our music or, you know, voiceover work, but really they're actually experiencing our, our joy. That's actually what it is, right? So I love that. I'm going to check out your voiceover work. Oh, thank you. You know how um, Dennis and I met Kevin? So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So before COVID, the Small Business Community Network used to meet at a small business center downtown Kitchener, lovely location. Um, we were kind of helping them in some way and they were helping us. And so I think, Dennis, you were in a seminar with one of the small business people and we were setting up for the meeting. So your meeting ended and he comes out and did I actually jump on you to talk to you or did you ask what we were doing? I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, well, I was curious about that because I could see you guys set, uh, setting up and I, I just assumed that you were part of the same uh, same kind of network or same organization. And so I think I may have asked you um, what what you guys were doing and then you just saw it as an opportunity and that <laughs> you just took, took over the whole show, basically. L L Linda mode was activated. <laughs> you know, you can, you can run, but you can't hide from me. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was your British accent, you see. It's so unusual in Canada. <laughs> But no, we built the relationship, and like I say, um, we are friends as well as you know. You know, we work together, that kind of thing, network together. So, Kevin, we've got to let you go soon. But before we let you go, I'd like some words of wisdom because you have so many of those words. <laughs> so, you know, um, one of the things I want people to remember when they're listening to this is the first time I ever made a song was. 
2003. So 20 years ago. And I'm 29. You were nine? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and then in high school, I worked at Qatar Center, right? So I kept taking one step, not 10. Kept taking one step. So at nine, okay, make a song. We would use this program, GarageBand. We would make that. And we actually made music, and then we would play it at church, and we would rap. We would make beats, all this stuff. And then, okay, great. We're actually pretty good. Okay. Well, let, let's actually make a CD now. Then I would sell the CD in junior high to my my teachers, and they would buy it. And I was like, oh, I got something. If I can sell to my junior high teacher, I can sell to MBA or VH1, right? And so that was the beginning of me believing in me. So that, never lose that. <laughs> like speechless because everything you say kind of goes, whoa, you know, um, nine years old. That's, that's, I was a late late coming to the party as I like to say because I was a stay-at-home mom and all the rest of it and I love being in this party I love meeting such interesting people as you guys and I love I mean I do say I'm shy but if I get on the stage at a conference to speak at a conference I kind of come out my shell and I forget about being shy you know <laughs> don't look at me like that Kevin I am shy <laughs> Well, my childhood friend would tell you I was, but he's in England. So, um, <laughs> Alyssa, I'd love to keep him all night, wouldn't you? <laughs> Dennis is just amazing. So um, I'm going to say goodbye to you first, and thank you again for giving us your time. Absolutely wonderful. I hope to meet you one day. And I'll hand it over to uh, Dennis because uh, Dennis is amazing too. <laughs> I, well, I, I'd like to say how much I enjoyed this uh, conversation with you, Kevin. It was a really, really interesting uh, interview. Um, you are such an inspirational um, figure. And, you, and I just feel like, you know, there are still wonderful things to expect from you. And, um, yeah, I, I hope to stay in contact with you and to meet you in, in the flesh at one point. <laughs> I got to come steal those glasses back. <laughs> For sure, I'm sure. I'm going to hold on to it, though. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's, um, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Check us out at www.nextgenbusinesspodcast.com.